As was stated at the end of the answer to the first question, death is a discharge from the duties of life. It is a rest, a change of residence, a transformation of existence. It is an invitation to eternal life, a beginning, the introduction to an immortal life. Just as life comes into the world through an act of creation and is appointed and determined, so departure from the world is created and determined and is planned wisely and purposefully. The ways plants die, plant life being the simplest level of life, show their death to be a more orderly work of art than life. For although the death of fruits, seeds, and grains appears to occur through their decay and dissolution, it is in fact a sort of kneading that comprises exceedingly well-ordered chemical reactions and a balanced combining of elements and vice formation of particles. Their unseen orderly and wise death appear through the life of the new shoots. That is to say, the death of the seed is the onset of the shoot's life. Indeed, since its death is like life itself, it is created and regular the same as life is. So we now in the season of spring, in the season of resurrection, like Allah says in the Quran, look around you, look at, look at the mini resurrections. In fact, it's not a mini, it's a giant, it's an awesome resurrection. Some people look, but they don't see. Uh, like the Quran says, a lot of people, human beings, they pass by, but they don't really see what's going on. The meaning of this resurrection. We witness that around us, all these seeds are growing into plants and new flowers. That there's a wise, well-ordered process going on under the soil. And that's the lowest level of life, which is the plant world. Right, A seed under the soil is cared for, is protected, its seed for the next year. And so that even shows us that there is a well-ordered, a well-balanced, I mean, the words here are really important. It is, in fact, a sort of kneading that comprises exceedingly well-ordered chemical reactions and a balanced combining of elements. So well-ordered, you know, the life and death of a seed to come back into a plant to grow and you know gain a higher level of existence is well ordered it's well balanced and there's a wise formation of particles and their unseen orderly and wise death appear through the life of the new shoots so everything that we now see around us everything coming back to life but that death you know the seed under the soil its death is also well-designed. It's not just happening out of the blue. There's wisdom and order and balance all around us, right? I mean, these words are really important because these, are, uh, uh, these actions show us the presence of a creator, somebody who is planning, somebody who is ordering, somebody who is initiating a process of supposed death under the soil. That is to say, the death of the seed is the onset of the shoot's life. Indeed, since its death is like life itself, it is created and regular the same as life is. Subhanallah, how can, how can anybody not see that? 
right? And the Quran tells us they were blind in this world, so they will be blind in the other world. Blind meaning metaphorically, because some people, they have eyes, but they don't see. They don't read the flower, they don't read the trees, they don't read all these signs that Allah sends us, all these letters that he says is an evidence to the great resurrection of this you know, of, of humanity and all beings that have departed from this world. And so there are many examples around us how the death even of little beings like seeds are well-ordered, well-balanced, well-planned, right? There's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's planning, there's desire, there's will, there's power. Who keeps them alive under the soil? Who protects them, preserves their DNA? their information, their program, who keeps them protected in the cold. SubhanAllah, this is something that we, as human beings, we need to reflect on, right? The book of creation in front of our eyes, wide open. But because the current of disbelief is so, so great and so strong, it becomes, everything becomes ordinary. Everything becomes just natural. It's just natural. It's a cycle of life. Nothing is just uh, natural or ordinary. It has, it's a sign from Allah. It's a sign to be read because it has significance. It's an ayah. It's a sign that points to the creator and the planner and uh, uh, the, the wise and, and the knowledgeable. And so this is one example of how death is well-balanced and well-planned and well-ordered. Moreover, I continue, moreover, the death of living fruits or animals in the human stomach is the beginning of their rising to the level of human life. It may therefore be said that being thus, their death is more orderly and created than is their life. Such a beautiful thing to ponder. Everything that we take in into our human bodies, like fruits and vegetables and animal products, the meat that we consume and eat, there is such an intricate digestive system and digestive process. I take in, I eat an apple into my body, but through that digestive process, this fruit or this uh, nutrition, this provision that I take into my body is transformed into a higher level of life. It leaves the level of animal life or fruit life or vegetable life and becomes part and parcel of my human life, is transformed into human life. And so we take in something, and it's such an intricate process. You, it goes through your thorax, into your lower intestines, where all your nutrients of that fruit and vegetable are sorted out, are you know, sent to the parts of the body that needs it. Or maybe you've eaten a carrot or, or an apple or an orange. And the body knows exactly, the body knows exactly where to send those nutrients and the nutrition to give you strength and revive your body and become part of your cells and your blood and your life cycle. So is there death involved? Yes, but their death is very orderly and created and life-giving. It's transformed into a higher level of life and they become humans like us. That also explains the wisdom and the importance of why we are khalifas, why we are representatives 
of the entire creation. Because if you think about all the fruits and vegetables and the animals and the products that we consume, out of that multiplicity, endless blessings that we take in, that multiplicity becomes one and unified in our body and is transformed into a higher level of life through the death into our body, through our stomachs. SubhanAllah, what a beautiful way of reflecting on death. Their death is more orderly and created than is their life. And what an honor for them. They sacrificed themselves. They died in order to attain a higher life. And so that's the reason why everything in creation will ask for their rights from the human being. We have sacrificed ourselves for you. We have worked for you. We became dead in your body and wanted to you know, attain that higher life. Have you recognized us? Have you seen our sacrifices? Do you appreciate us? Have you denied us prayer? Have you denied us remembrance of Allah and God? Have you denied us the remembrance of my, our Creator? If you have, then you will be held accountable. And that also explains the secret of prayer, why prayer is so important, because everything is now part of your body, everything in the creation. You take in oxygen. I was on the ventilator for a while, twice. If Allah would have asked us or made us use ventilators all the time, even the air that we take in, we are not even aware what a great blessing it is. But when you're in the hospital and have difficulty just breathing, you start appreciating and expressing gratitude for even that collective niyama, for that collective blessing of being able to take in air, which is specially created, a collective blessing. Ya Allah, increase our sense of awe. Ya Allah, increase our sense of wonder, increase our sense of ability to reflect and read the book of the creation. And then so I was studying the honeybee. I was telling some of my friends I started to look at the animals and insects that are mentioned in the Quran and studied with my, my daughter and my husband. And I'm just uh, blown away, you know, studying about the honeybee. The honeybee is responsible for 80% of our food production. Because without pollinating, without pollination, nothing can even grow. Right? So the honeybee, and then of course the uh, the fruits and vegetables, and even the coffee that I consume is pollinated by honeybees, the plants that grow these coffee beans. And of course, I don't want to even mention the very intricate design and planning, you know, like ordering the honeybee to work in a certain way collectively. One jar of honey, like one pound of honey, is produced by collecting two million flowers. Two million flowers. It's like Allah sends you a bouquet of two million flowers and says, Oh, my servant, do you see me? Do you appreciate me? Do you think about this, right? Even when you consume the creation on your table, the blessings, 
spread out on your table? Do you reflect? And everything then becomes unified in my body. To, for the only purpose to remember the services and the sacrifices of the creation and how they worked in the name of Allah. How can we say this is just by coincidence, by chance, that blind soil, air, earth is responsible to creating this intricate system? Right? This is all planned out. It's programmed. It's designed. There's wisdom. There's love. There's compassion. There's gentleness. There's kindness. And Allah doesn't ask for anything. Just accept, remember, reflect. Allahu Akbar. So if the death of plant life is created wise and ordered in that way, the death that befalls human life, now the highest level of life, human life, the highest level of life, which is human life, must be the same. How can we then, as we witness and read the, the life and death of fruits, vegetables, animals, and how they are transformed into our bodies into a higher level of life, how can we say that our human life stops to exist when we enter the earth, the dark place. That's it. A human life that is equipped with emotions, with feelings, with intellect, with an ability to reflect and ponder and contemplate that no other being in this universe can. How can it be possible that we then just enter the earth and that we are just decaying and rotting away? Just thinking about this, again, you know, going through my journey of grief, going through my own loss, thinking about my daughter. I say, Ya Allah, you have created the human being with such, with such, you know, wisdom, with such planning and with such intricacy, with such equilibrium, with such wisdom and knowledge and order, equipped us with amazing endless curiosity and, and love and compassion and kindness and ability to do justice and then we enter the ground and we cease to exist similarly it says here as a seed sown in the ground becomes a tree in the world of the air so a man who is laid in the earth will surely produce the shoots of an everlasting life in the intermediate realm that's our that's our common journey we are the highest level of life the highest level we didn't fill out an application. We didn't go through an interview. We could have been chosen to be a cat, a mouse, a flower, a tree. But Allah has chosen to give me the highest level of life, human life. If you apply for a position, just a simple security card, you get maybe 300 applications. Are you credible? Do you have experience? Are you trustworthy? Uh, what are your credentials? What are your references? But when it comes to eternal life, we think it's just a free, free uh, entry to all. Tests, trials, afflictions, where we see true commitment. Are you trustworthy? Are you committed? We are talking about eternal, immortal life, a place that, that is beyond imagination, a place that no one else has ever perceived. But yet we think, oh, everybody just goes, enter it, free. 
no effort, no commitments, no struggle, no trust we have is proven. People take it so lightly, but your response, your attitude, especially when calamity hits, especially when you face tragedy, are you still stubbornly believing in this wise, knowledgeable, powerful, kind, gentle, compassionate creator? Or do you turn away and say, how dare God took away my child? We are talking about the highest level of human life. We are talking about the highest level of blessing, which is eternal, immortal life. We are taught we cannot even think about everlastingness because we don't have that kind of imagination. Yet people think it's very easy to get in. Allah says, I will test you with fear and hunger and loss of life and wealth, loss of children. But I want to see if you are committed. Are you really stubbornly still believing in my goodness, which is very obvious in the creation, in my kindness and my compassion and my power, or are you turning away? So our responses matter as believers. The way, how do we respond to that, to that promise? We are talking about Jannah, about paradise, about a heaven, about everlasting life, which will only take the best. And inshallah, we strive and struggle to be among those, those who show commitment, those who say, Allah has been always gracious and kind to me. I have no right over anything. Even the air that I'm taking in right, is a blessing from Allah. The water that I'm taking in, the blessings that I consume every day. Allah promises, Allah's promise is true of everlasting life because we witness in the creation that life is the pillar, is the, is the essence of the universe. Everything works for life, especially everything works for human life. Everything you know, sacrifices itself, their service is for human life. Yet when tragedy hits us, or affliction befalls us. As the Quran says, we are very quick in blaming Allah or turning away from Him or complaining about Him. SubhanAllah. And and I say that as someone who's going through this, you know, I this is this is this is a struggle because you have to constantly remind yourself, your nefs, your nefs says, your lower ego, she was mine. She was my child. My my I claim ownership of her. She doesn't, she cannot go. She cannot leave. And hate separation and I hate pain and I hate this uh, nightmare. Of course, that's my nefs, my lower ego. It's not it's not a pleasant state to be in. But this is where we show commitment, where we do these internal dialogues and say, lift your gaze. Look through the Quran onto your events and the tragedies in your life. And uh, think reasonably, how, how can I complain about God who has given me all these endless blessings, who has been always kind to me and generous to me and you know, made me love to that child and, and to my loved ones? Uh, the only response to this is beautiful patience and if you can, even gratitude, which Allah, of course, 
if it's also a hard thing to do, especially when you are in the, in the midst of such raw pain. And I absolutely understand that. But it's a journey. It's a journey of reflection and to be attentive and to reflect on the on death the way that the Quran invites us to do. So human life is the highest level of life. Eternal life, everlasting life is achieved, attained through uh, death. It's a door to that eternal life. But it's, it definitely will demand commitment and um, trust and trustworthiness. How true are you in your conviction, in your commitment? How certain are you? How stubbornly do you believe in Allah's goodness and mercy and wisdom and compassion? It's very easy to be connected in a relationship with Allah and things are very good. Like the Quran says, when everything is fine, they are good with Allah. But once something is taken, how how will that impact the relationship? And they start to complain and fall into ingratitude. May Allah preserve us from that. May Allah allow us to look at death and reflect and ponder about death through the eyes of the Quran. Those are my, you know, my own reflections and my own, you know, thinking as I'm experiencing death up close, as I'm thinking about the departure of my my daughter and my thinking about, you know, how do I want to respond to this tragedy and where do I want to be in my relationship with Allah. 